Well, according to Grace Point Mean Time, it's 6.30. <clears throat> We're going to wait a few, just a few seconds till the line goes down back there. Yeah. This is the, I think this is the last week for um, sign up for um, Iron Sharpens Iron, I believe. I don't see, is Jim Hunt here? Um, I don't. I think that's true, and you can sign up on our website um, if you want to. Um, April 25th, all day here, that men's conference will be here. So it'll be good if you if you're interested. Sign up on our on the front page of our website. Uh, any questions about that? Have you heard about that? Is I think we've had about eight or ten people sign up on our website so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, they expect five or six hundred. I can't imagine that there won't be more than that because of a um, every Thursday night they there's a group that meets here that are planning it, and there's oh there's a guy from First Assembly, a guy from the chapel, two Catholic guys, a Lutheran guy, and so that there's a whole lot of groups represented here. So. Um, how, how many ever come? This is going to be packed. And there will be booths, you know, of different organizations that, uh, you know, how, how it goes. You go one of those things and they have for, for different things for men. I don't think there will be anything for women there that day, but uh, probably a bunch of booths that having to do, deal with men. There will be two speakers um, that are nationally recognized speakers, although I didn't recognize either one of their names, but... The two main speakers that are that are very good, and then a bunch of seminars throughout the day. By I think there'll be 16 different seminars, so it'll be worth your time if you have the time to do that. Um, it's April 25th. The information's on the front of our website, and it is put on by a a, a group of kind of an offshoot of Promise Keepers. Very good. <clears throat> Now, if you're new here today, if it's your first time, you, you know there's there's some rules. <laughs> I would love that. And uh, one of them is put check your pride at the door. We're all we're all learners here. We're all disciples trying to learn to pray and become men of prayer. Nobody's an expert in this room. We're just trying to learn to pray. And uh, God wants us to be men of prayer. So if God is for us, who can be against us? That's right. Let's begin. In Let's begin by prayer, with prayer. Father, thank you for the way that you guide us in our lives. Lord, we need you, especially these days, these uncertain times, all the pressures and stress that are around us. We desperately need you. So, Father, will you visit us this morning? Would you touch us at the point of our deepest need? Thank you, Lord, for the ones that have made the effort to get up and come. We're anxious to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the men said, Amen. Amen. Well, last week we talked about passion. Remember that? Passion in our praying. And I'm finding out that the closer I get to God, the less 
trouble I have with that. The closer I get to God, the more I know Him, the more intimately I connect with Him, the easier it is or the more natural it is for me to pray with passion. Not every single time, but to be honest, it's getting more and more and more. That when I bow humbly before the Lord, um, well, just to use a phrase from Sunday, my heart pounds in my chest. (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't it? He's the creator of all we know. He is my Father, Lord and Savior, Master. He is my Comforter, all of that. Why wouldn't my heart pound in my chest? You know, brothers, I think that all of this has gotten far too routine for us after all these years, especially those of us that have been around the church for a long time. I love when a person comes to Christ for the first time, especially someone who's rarely, if ever, gone to church. And the I had such a privilege of seeing this on almost a daily basis in Russia. People that would come to Christ that had never intended in their lifetime to follow Christ. But through circumstances, and in in our case, us sending missionaries, and, and our lives intersecting, and God just would fall upon them, and they would come and accept Jesus as their personal Savior. Brothers... They prayed with passion. Their God, let me just say, the the statement that one man made that, that, that I'll never forget was, emotion in his voice, he said, I am so grateful that I was wrong. <laughs> and there is a God. There's passion there. I just pray that God would help me be a man of passionate prayer. In our chapter last week, passionate prayer is dependent prayer. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And if if there's something that would drive us to be men of prayer, that ought to be it. Because it's true for all of us, no matter how good you are at what you do, no matter how people claim to give you all the accolades in the world for being good and you, you, you can do your job you're really good at it Jesus says apart from me you can do nothing that should drive us to our knees and cause us to pray passionately did anyone do the assignment just curious I know this is I know this is really getting getting there getting into your life here but did anybody do the assignment on the 95 and would be courageous enough if you did to share it with us Um, the the assignment was to find an isolated place where you can go and pray passionately about a particular desperate situation pray out loud in fact pray as loudly as possible cry out punctuate your prayer with hand motions deep and wide deep whatever the hand motions are anybody have a uh Experience like that, somebody?
<laughs> okay. Keep a paper sack nearby. All right. Yes, Ed. Very good. All right. Anyone else? Passion. I prayed with passion. It wasn't me. I did. It's not me, but I tried it. And by the way, you know what? We're not trying to manufacture anything. We're just trying to learn to pray. And, and some of the stuff in this book is not going to be something that connects with you or me. That's fine. But we're just trying to learn to pray. Jim. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Um, passionate prayer, or dependent prayer it was, definite prayer, um, desperate prayer, all those prayers of passion that we talked about last week. Uh, this week we moved into a section that's called the third section of the book. It's called the building blocks of prayer. Again, I love the practical nature of the book. Um, the practical nature. If, if you didn't know where to begin before, if you struggled with, with knowing how to pray or what to do when you prayed, um, I, I don't think if you've, if you've been part of this that you have that excuse anymore. We're just giving, there are, there are examples or options for us to hold on to if we haven't really developed a prayer routine, if I can say that, there's examples that we can grab onto as we start. He talks about two acronyms, if you remember. One of them is, is one that, that I've heard for years, ACTS. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a form of prayer. It's, a, it's how to, to form your prayer, if you will, if you don't know how. It's, it's a good um, map, I guess, prayer map, ACTS. You start with adoration. Um, praising God, thanking Him for who He is, um, just praising Him. Then confession, A-C, con, con, um, confession, A-C-T, confession, acts, or, um, adoration, confession, uh, thanksgiving, and then S is supplication. It's just doing those four things along the way in your prayer. Uh, it's just a good way to form a prayer. This, this, in the spirit of being practical and simple, 
Uh, our author, I call him Brother James because I still can't, re- I still don't know how to pronounce his last name. But Brother James, he comes up with a, a different acronym because he's just so simple and practically his mind is simple. By the way, someone that's here, is Denny here today? Um, Denny Williamson, a friend of his went to college, goes to this man's church in, in Illinois and, and says the guy is just a, a humble, um, passionate pastor. It's food for thought. Bro. But he comes up with a different acronym called CHAT. <clears throat> and we start with the C. CHAT is confession. C is confession. H is honor or adoration. A is ask. And T is thank. Either one of these acronyms, if you're searching for a way to frame your prayer, either one of these acronyms will help you, I think. It's just to just, just pick one or, or continue doing what works for you now. Uh, Brother James goes on to use his acronym for the building blocks of prayer starting with confession. You did know, we've talked about this before, but you did know that, that sin causes us to lose communication with God. Did, did you know that? That sin breaks the connection with God that He has, that it is His will that we all have. Intimate communication is broken when we are involved in sin. Look at page 101. Top of page 101. We've talked about this scripture before. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. See, read that again. Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Then the psalmist said much the same thing. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So sin breaks the communication line between us and God. That's why confession is so important. And you know in our tradition, confession is not, or we don't emphasize it as much as other traditions do. And I think to our detriment sometimes. We should have, as, as, as Brother James talks about in the book, we should have times of confession, at least personally, and perhaps at times in our accountability groups. Times of confession. Confess what is between our soul and the Savior, if you will, or something that is threatening to be between our soul and the Savior. A habit of regularly confessing our sin. David teaches us how to do that in the example that our author used of Psalm 51. Again, I've said this before, but it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I want to read some of the verses from Psalm 51. I don't know how many of you bring your Bibles, but um, let me just read some of the verses from Psalm 51 before we move on. This is, this is rich. <clears throat> and we know that, as was mentioned in the, or in, the, um, in the book, that this was after David's Fall and when he when he had a uh, an affair with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. 
Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I have been a sinner from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Father, thank you for the example that you've given us through David's life, how to confess. Thank you, Lord, that David was a man after your own heart. Lord, would you make us men after your own heart? Would you help us, Father, to seek you with all of our hearts? Lord, this morning, as we talk about confession, something that's so personal, something that's so intimate, sometimes it's something that's embarrassing. But Lord, help us to lay our sin before You and give it to You and cleanse us. Cleanse us with hyssop. Wash us and make us white as snow. In Jesus' name. Amen. In our chapter today, we walk through Isaiah, or, um, Psalm 51. The first thing that our, our author says is, um, as we confess is to review. The review. In other words recognize that we are all sinners, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Recognize that we are weak. Recognize that there are things in our lives that, that we need to give to God and He needs to cleanse. On page 103, uh, top of the page, the first full paragraph, it says, the only way I know to keep this from happening is by doing a thorough review of my life every day with the Holy Spirit's help. One of the first things I pray each morning is that God's Spirit would put His finger on anything in my life that grieves or even mildly displeases Him. And then I confess whatever He brings to mind. Sin... As, as we can, most of us, many of us, all of us can attest to, starts small and wraps itself around us and draws us in and pulls us in before we know it. We're sin. We've sinned. 
I think that, that this chapter is worth the price of the whole book for people like you and me. There are things in our lives that that start small, brothers, that if we would do what our author suggests and bring these things to the Lord or, or ask God to look deep into my soul, search me, O God, and know my heart. If we would pray that daily even, search me, O God, it would keep us from a whole lot of spiritual problems in our lives. Do you agree with that? Search me, O God. So he starts by saying, by by review. Uh, He says that, the author says that he uses journaling for his review. And here's another idea that's thrown out. We've had a lot of ideas the last number of weeks on on how to do these spiritual disciplines. And here's another one. I just hope that you don't get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. The bottom line with this journaling is, from time to time, it really helps. And I wouldn't... This is from a guy that that isn't that good at journaling. I'm doing it regularly now for the first time in my life, really, for the last couple of months. And it's really been helpful. It's not overwhelming to me. The author talks about him doing it twice a week. But there's something about, from time to time at least, writing down our thoughts as we communicate with God or as we read His Word. So I would strongly encourage you to get some kind of old beat-up folder or something or a three-ring binder and, and, and write down a thought now and then. It doesn't have to be something that is, that is oppressive or overwhelming. It's just something that is that's that's beside your bible that that is there some thought comes up some something that god says to you it's just therapeutic almost and and it's inspirational to to write it down the author says i don't go back and look at that stuff well i do i do go back to see where god has has brought me from and and how he's worked in my life before so i would encourage you somehow in this um, context of reviewing or taking inventory or or keeping track of what God is doing in your life to to add journaling somehow into your routine. Anybody anybody have any um, experience with journaling? Anybody quickly that you'd like to to share with us how that's strengthened your life or helped you along the way? You do. <laughs> That's right. It's my fault. But Psalm 51, I had gone through this with someone else before who was a lot more knowledgeable about this than me. And uh, I wrote down here what to do when you've blown it. And, of course, that's what David did. And, and this, I think, is journaling. I, I have highlighted. 
got the first couple verses, claim God's grace. The second part, confess sin. The third part, acknowledge the root cause and the effect. And, and then it goes on. And then whenever something like this comes up and we turn to this, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, I, don't, I already know this. That's right. Or, or it reminds me that I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I can also remember uh, some things that I was going through in life when I was exposed to this. Yeah. Amen. Good. All right. Very good. The next section he talks about is, is learning how to, how to confess is the results or the consequences. Realize the consequences. Look at page 106. You know, I've always thought if, if there is ever something to reincarnation, I want to come back as an African-American pastor. I love how they preach. I just, I love the cadence, and I just, any chance I get, I love to listen to a good African-American preacher. And here's a, a, a quote from one of them on page 106. Doesn't, it doesn't identify the man, but he says, Sin will take you where you didn't plan to go. It will keep you there longer than you planned to stay, and it will cost you more than you intended to, to pay. Anybody say amen to that? I mean, we, we understand that. that Sin, it's, it's, if I can say it this way, it's a trick of our enemy. It looks good to begin with, but it ends up always badly. Always badly. And I keep, when I stand like right here, I keep wanting to look over there where the teens sit. If you can somehow transfer it over there. Do you get this? It always ends up badly. If there's a way I could, I could get that into their young minds, it could save them from a lot, couldn't it? Um, the greatest result of our sin, David expresses um, in verse 4, against you and you only have I sinned and done evil in your sight. Look at the bottom of page 107. Martin Luther, a great reformer, pointed out that all commandments are wrapped up in the first one. Honor God. In the sense that every sin is contempt of God. Whatever commandment we break, we also we have also broken the first one. The damage that they do to our relationship with God is worse than the hurt they inflict on anyone else. Wow. Next thing he goes on and talks about the roots. The roots of sin. Roots the sin goes deep. And it always does. It's always far-reaching. far More far-reaching than we had ever imagined. The bottom of page 109 says this. David knew that God wants us to be the people of integrity down to the very core of our being. We need to get at the sin behind the sin, he says. <clears throat> The bottom of page 109, the very bottom. In your anger, do not sin. He uses anger and impatience as examples. In your anger, do not sin. Then he adds, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not let the devil have, give the devil a foothold. Do you follow the sequence here that's implied? Deep-seated anger gives the devil a foot in the door of our lives. I like this. 
And once the door has been cracked by his size 666s, other sins can squeeze through the opening. In other words, things lead to sin. Uh, Anger leads to sin, he says. Impatience leads to sin. The root of sin. Anyone have any comments up to now about anything we've talked about? These two areas? Anyone? Yes, Jeff. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, take us from where we are to where you want us to be. And, and that's not an easy journey, but it's more than possible through Jesus Christ our Lord. Take us from where we are to where we want to be. And it starts, I think, by showing us in our lives the things to deal with. Yes, Ed. Help us. Help us. Uh, The next section he talks about is the request. This was my favorite part of the chapter, the request. I'm going to, I want to take us through a a rather long section here, and and then we're going to pause for prayer before we move on. Um, I don't know about you, but I couldn't read this without tears in my eyes. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Page 111. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. Created me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. What is this hyssop that David refers to? Hyssop is a plant that has a straight stalk and a head of bushy leaves. It looks like a giant paintbrush. And that's one of the ways it was used in Bible times. The first time that hyssop pops up in Scripture is in an account of Israel's deliverance from slavery in Egypt. Pharaoh, as you may recall, needed some convincing before he was willing to let God's people go. So God sent ten plagues, one final one being the slaying of all firstborn humans and animals. In order for God's people to protect themselves from the ultimate plague, it was necessary for them to take the blood of sacrificed goats or sheep and apply it to the door frames of their houses. The Lord promised to pass over these blood-covered homes when he visited death on the rest of Egypt. With what was the blood applied? It was painted on the door frames with bunches of hyssop. So hyssop became associated with sacrifices and blood and protection from the judgment of God. When David requested that God cleanse him with hyssop, he was asking, no doubt, that his sacrifices might be found acceptable. 
that the blood of the animals he offered might cover his sins and deliver him from God's condemnation. Fast forward to the gospel account of Jesus' death on the cross. Interestingly, this is where we come across another one of the handful of appearances of hyssop in Scripture. When near his death, Jesus called out, I am thirsty. A sponge was soaked with wine vinegar and lifted to his lips at the end of a stalk of hyssop. He then declared, it is finished and died. Is it coincidental that hyssop appears in this context of sacrifice, blood, and the appeasement of God's wrath against sin? I don't think so. When I confess my sins to God using David's Psalm 51 prayer, I am appealing to Christ's saving work on the cross as I plead, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. I am asking God to apply Jesus' purifying blood to my sullied heart. The result is that I am washed whiter than snow. A New Testament verse sums up in a nutshell this passage from Psalm 51. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I don't know where we go from here. Here this morning, brothers, this, I don't know. But I know that in a room this size, filled with men, that there are things that need to be confessed. And I know that if we are on a journey to become men of prayer, we are only going to get there as we are willing to confess our sins to the Father. Tuesday morning, we're going to leave in 25 minutes or so. I just, I just want to know, as we, as we just bow our heads and focus on the Father, is there something, brother, that you need to confess to the Lord? Maybe as Jeff said, that as he was reading, that things came to mind. I know that was true in my life, in my experience too, reading through this chapter. As the Lord shined His light, and I prayed again, search me, O God. Lord, I want to be a man of prayer. I want to be a man of God. Don't you, brother? Is there someone that needs to confess this morning. Yes, you can do that where you are, silently before the Father as you humbly bow before Him. You can also come down front and I will be privileged to pray for you and other brothers would be glad to pray for you. If it's, if it's that serious and you need brothers to pray, you don't have to say what it is. Lord, help us to be men of prayer. Shine your light in our lives. Anyone this morning?
Father, we bring our brother Ed to you this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would just flood him with your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that you would encourage him in his faith and cleanse him with hyssop. Make him clean, Lord. We pray, Lord, in the power of the Spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would wash over this man and make him clean. And all the brothers said, anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. pray for my brother Larry. I ask, Lord, that you would surround him with your cleansing power, that you would wash over him, and that you would make him clean. Cleanse him with hyssop, Lord, and make him whiter than snow. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus, and all the brothers said, Amen. Anybody else? You know this? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
For my cleansing, this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Father, we we bow before You. Hear our prayers of confession, Lord. Help us to make this a regular part of our prayer lives that we lay ourselves bare before you and we invite you to search us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. The last section is a response, the responsiveness. And it's living even in a broken and with a broken and contrite heart. Living a life of humility before the Father. <clears throat> I'd like us to get into small groups, three or four, like we normally do, and just um, just continue praying along this line. Um, ask the Lord to make us men of prayer. Pray into some requests that might be in your group. And just ask the Lord to continue to fall upon us. Chuck.
Father, hear our cries, hear our prayers. We are yours. Draw us near. On page 117, there's a couple of homework assignments, um, if you will. And, you know, usually, you know, I, I hope you practice these things. We're trying to learn to become men of prayer. And um, I know one thing that has helped me in the last couple of months is I've started to do some things differently than I had before. Not that you have to do that. If, if something's working for you, great as far as your relationship or your devotional life, great. But if you're, if you're kind of going through a rut or a routine or, one to, or maybe you have a dry spell, it helped me at least to change things up, to do things a little differently. And um, I read this book six months ago, and I had um, used some of the principles in here, not all of them, but some of them, and it's really helped me. And then the, the prayer uh, revival we had and some ideas we got from them, from Steve and Gary, again, I, I tried to incorporate some of those things into my life, and it's really helped me. So I would encourage you to, to practice these things and find what works for you, what helps you connect with God. Um, on page 117, um, if you haven't yet, try this week um, to write things down every now and then. I'm not talking about three, four, five pages, even a sentence or a couple of phrases as you talk to God, as you read through the book, as you read His Word. Uh, let's not call it journaling. Let's just call it just writing things down a little bit. Try that. See if that will help you. Um, then number five down here on page 17, chat. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're trying to find out how can I, how can I connect better with God or, or organize my prayer life a little better, if you will, um, try the chat acronym. This, this week and see if that works for you. Um, and then uh, number six, <clears throat> I don't know that I, you don't have to write it out, although it'd be good to carry that around with you, but maybe um, once a day for the next week, um, open your Bible to Psalm 51 and just, just glance through it, just read through it, um, just part of it. Uh, it's, it gives you verses seven to twelve, or or one, or verses one to twelve, one to thirteen, something around in there. Just just read through that, glance through it. Um, anyone have anything they want to share with us before we leave? Larry, real loud. Yes. Amen. Don't forget, every time we're in one of those situations, there's something in us that says, ah, you don't need to do that. 
But go ahead and do it anyway. That that is great. That is great. I, I've just been. I'm, I'm right in the middle of an, of a book that there's a quote that in this book that says people that will not be preached to will almost always agree to be prayed for. So so do that. That's great. Thank you. Anybody else? Quickly. Jim. Amen. Not, not trying to push anything or prescribe anything, just ideas. Some of them will work, some of them won't. If you're doing something that's working, praise the Lord. I pray that God's blessing would rest upon all you guys. As you go out that door, will you take the power of the Lord with you into your day? And as you meet people throughout the day, I pray that the Lord will speak through you and that they would say to you, that guy has been with Jesus. Father, may your blessing rest upon these men. May they grow ever closer to you. May you speak into their lives in a powerful way. May you move them closer to where you want them to be as we are trying to learn to become men of prayer, men of God. Father, we need you and we go in the power of the Spirit. And all the brothers said, Amen. God bless you. Can I say I love you guys? Is that still okay? No. God bless you. There's always one in the group.